the coast of custody. And I've spent the last five years setting up a kind of biological preserve. What kind of park is this? We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. It's, it's a dinosaur. Uh -huh. There's no doubt our attractions will drive kids out of their minds. Grandpa! We're gonna make a fortune with this place. We're going to open next year, that is if the lawyers don't kill me first. What species is it? It's a velociraptor. Park will open with the basic tour you're about to take. Don't you see the danger, John, inherent in what you're doing here? Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen. You wield it like a, a kid that's found his dad's gun. These are aggressive living things that have no idea what century they're in, and they'll defend themselves violently if necessary. Dinosaurs and man, two species separated by 65 million years of evolution, just been suddenly thrown back into the mix together. How can we? possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect. Hey, what'd I touch? Uh, we didn't touch anything, we stopped. Anybody hear that? It's a, um, it's an impact term is what it is. Maybe it's the power trying to come back on. What the hell, what the hell, what the hell? Fence is a failing all over the park. Shut down the return of all offenses. Fairly alarmed here. Hold on to your butt. Oh no. Jurassic Park back on the line. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. Come on, come on, come on. We gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. The only thing that matters now are the people we love. Which is just a delay. That's all it is. All major theme parks have delays. But John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Howdy, what's shaking? Rob Lee here, uh, and this is a brand new episode of uh, Let's Watch It Again. I have the lovely Kumari here. Welcome, Ku. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. I'm ready to talk about dinosaurs. I'm very excited. <laughs> that is why you're here. You're a noted dinosaur expert? I don't know about that, but me and this franchise, I don't know. We just get along really well. 
And I, I think this comes, uh, us reviewing this movie, is not quite 30 years. It is, it's like 29 years since the first film came out. But I will say it is after we both watched <laughs> the most recent installment, maybe the ending installment. I don't know. Uh, so we can have some uh, some notes about that, I think, as well in this conversation. I think that's going to come in. Yeah, we should. We should talk about that. Uh, so, uh, yes. And for all of those who have been giving me crap about coming back, we're back. Time for Jurassic Park. <laughs> All right. Jurassic Park. This is a, um, in Steven Spielberg's massive blockbuster. Keep me honest here, Coon. Okay. Paleontologists, Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill, and Ellie Sattler, played by Laura Dern, and mathematician Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, are among a select group chosen to tour an island theme park uh, populated by dinosaurs created from prehistoric DNA. While the park's mastermind, billionaire John Hammond, played by Richard Attenborough, uh, assures that every, <laughs> assures that everyone in the facility is safe, they find out otherwise <laughs> that various ferocious predators break free and go on a hunt. Jurassic Park. That was a perfect, first of all, I like the whole, like, Brit part in there. Richard Attenborough, that was great. Um, Wonderful summation and also reminiscent of that voice that we used to hear in the 80s that did all of the movie promos. I don't know the gentleman's name, yeah. but uh, yeah, very reminiscent of that. Great job by you. Thank you. Um, and what was one of the lines that, that he says in it, that uh, Richard Alberle says in it, uh, that, uh, that uh, John Hammond says? Spared no expense. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, was, I, I love hearing that from you. Spared no expense. Spared no expense. Spared no expense. We spared no expense. Spared no expense. So um, here's some of the, the, the legit details before we get to some trivia and all of that good stuff. So, you know, there's numbers. Okay. I got the numbers for you. So this came out June 11th, 1993. Okay. Uh, and this was um, directed by Steven Spielberg. The screenplay was by Michael Crichton, who also did the book. And um, I guess that's, I guess he did the book and is like adapted by uh, David Knepp. Sure. Co-app. Yes. I'm going to call him Co-app. Okay. Because you know black. Very black of you. It's a very What's black going on? pronunciation. Co-app. <laughs> uh, the budget for a 1993 movie, the budget is really high. What is it? 63 mil. That's pretty high for a movie. And its box office was over a billion. Billion with a B. Billion with a B. There weren't yeah. that many billion movies then. No. No, 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 no. Uh, now this one is, I thought was a really interesting one. I think you'll like this. So about, mm, let's say 18 years prior to this movie, Steven Spielberg directed, uh, a classic one of the, probably what he, what's on his obit reel about a shark. He directed Jaws, right? Right. This movie has the same body count as Jaws of five. Is that right? Yes. Wow. Can you name the five people that die? <laughs> spoilers, the, spoilers, spoilers. The five people that die in Jurassic Park? <laughs> yes. I'm going to try, but I'm here for it. Okay. So listeners know this was not a pre-fed question. This is really me just trying to actually remember. Okay. Number one is the worker on the island. The yeah. for and in the accident, the industrial accident. Good on you. Okay. Next is my mind is clicking through the thing. Click, 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 click. Um, Gennaro. Is that his name? The lawyer? The Sure. Is it his name? <laughs> that was very Spanish. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, right? vaguely, vaguely. Yeah. Isn't he on Miami Vice? We're, we're now crossing streams. Okay. Sorry. That's, he's next. Sure. That's two. Um, 
Number three is Nedry. Uh huh. Number four is well, it's hard to tell because Sam Jackson's character. Don't say it. Wait, it's. Oh, I almost thought of it. Okay, I'm gonna think of it. Don't tell me. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> yes, hold on to your butts. It's hard to tell when his actual death was, but his arm was discovered later. Yeah, and then. I, I call him the game hunter. I know that he his character has an actual No, name. he's great. He's great. Um, clever girl. Yes. Then he is killed. Oh, was the lawyer the dude that was in the bathroom part? Yes. Okay, yes. yes. Those are five people. Yes. Yes. All right. Good on you. See, you know this You know this movie. Uh. uh so we, we, not that we care, but here's some numbers um, also related to ratings, right? <clears throat> so to, to be, you know, consider this is a, this is a PG-13 movie. So, you know, biggest swath of people that could possibly be pulled in. And I think this is one of those movies that fell into that advent of bringing in these PG-13 movies. Like, everybody can come to this. And you have the cute kids in it, which is another selling point, I suppose. Yes. To kind of inflate that, you know, what we can have come in in terms of money. So, this movie on IMDb, uh, over or under? Over 8 or under 8 out of 10? In terms of the rating? Mm-hmm. So eight and under or eight or over? Yes. Man. I'm going to say over. 8.2. So good. Clever gal. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 92. Okay. Letterboxd. Mm, what did they give it? 4.1. So that's about an 82 as well. Hmm. Do you think it's a little low? I think it's a little low. Well, Letterboxd, I wonder if that's because... So out of the three of those, IMDb is the oldest. Right? Yeah, uh, yes, I believe so. And so then Letterboxd, I think, is the youngest on the block of those. And it's a lot, and those are film snobs too. Right. Generally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, uh, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Richard Attenborough, uh, Bob Peck, Martin Ferrero, D.B. Wong, Wayne Knight, and the incomparable Samuel L. Jackson. Now, in, in the credits, do you remember, is it and or with Samuel L. Jackson? Does he have one of those credits? I don't remember. It might be and. I feel like you get with once. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. I, this is pre-Pulp Fiction. Okay. So I, I think he's just like, Sammy Jackson is here. I feel like they just disrespected <laughs> Sammy him. Sammy Jackson. <laughs> Sam, that sounds like a blues singer, doesn't it? <laughs> Sammy Jackson and the Jackoffs or whatever. <laughs> just slow sax. So um, when did you first see this movie? I first, okay, so 1993, mm-hmm. I was still in college. I definitely saw it in the theater. Okay. Yeah. I think we saw a VHS. I was a child, and it was just like, hey, guys, well, dinosaur, ugh. But it was, it was a lot of, I remember a lot of the, I was really big into, like, this is going to sound ridiculous. Reading TV Guide and watching Entertainment Tonight. That's what I used to do. I love it. I used to love reading. TV Guide had articles. That's all I did. Yeah. And to the degree where my parents gave me the nickname, this is a brief inside baseball thing. Oh, boy. Like, what does TV guy say? And that's who they would call me TV guy because I didn't know what was coming on and when. <laughs> so in that and watching Entertainment Tonight, you would always see these vignettes of like some of the uh, practical effects and building the dinosaurs and all of that stuff. And we know that that comes up later in the trivia. Well, Entertainment Tonight was like important then. It was kind of like... 
you know how everyone's like, oh, go watch the trailer on YouTube or they you you text somebody the trailer or something. Mm -hmm. That's what it was exciting. It would come on and you would be like, you know, it had that music. It was like, (laughs) so you would be like getting excited about what they were going to show you. Yeah. Um, That music is so deprecated that I feel like John Tesh was just going off. He flipped his hair back (laughs) on Harry. The Tesh. <laughs> mm. <Mm-mm. laughs> Don't touch that button. <laughs> Shut up, motherfucker. <laughs> I feel like you'd be into that, though. Oh yeah, his cybers would too. You'd be into that, yeah. So you, you, so obviously, you've had a relationship with this movie for the better part of his existence, and you read the book, right? I did read the book. So is this the time where you're gonna let me? You're gonna let me. Um, so, dear listeners. One of the reasons that our gracious host, Robert, is allowing me to be a guest on this podcast is to give me an opportunity to get back on my bullshit about Michael Crichton, because I think that he is slightly underrated as a generator of IP, a content creator. I just don't know that he gets enough credit. I agree. So, um, because, just for context, he created ER, which ran for multiple seasons and ER was like really kind of one of the first prestige dramas before there were prestige dramas. One of the best hospital shows ever created launched the careers of Juliana Margulies, George Clooney, etc. And he also wrote and directed Westworld in 1973, which introduced to a mainstream audience, the idea of a computer virus and, you know, it's still going. The Westworld series on HBO is in season four. Yeah. And as we're here sitting here today, Jurassic Park is still continuing as a series. So I just don't feel that, you know, people really give him his due. I would be remiss in not mentioning for all of you out there who are just like, Michael Crichton. Okay, yes, I know. Late in his life, you know, he, he died kind of early. He died of lymphoma at 66. Mm-hmm. He did become like this kind of late stage like climate change denier oh no no i don't really i I i'm gonna make a movie about it (laughs) i don't know what to do about that but you know al gore was like air world please yeah it wasn't it it wasn't good it wasn't a good look for him not sure what was up with that i always kind of feel like ian malcolm was kind of like how he saw himself Uh, because you know he's super tall and michael crichton was very tall Mm -hmm. also so that was his avatar so it's kind of weird because i don't feel like ian malcolm is a climate change denier no, 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 no. So, um, I don't know about that. But anyway, I just have to give my spiel and say, like, I feel like he really had an affinity and a deep understanding of the places where science and technology and entertainment mm-hmm. meet. Mm-hmm. And that those are the places that human beings usually get into trouble. No, and, and thank you for that, because I, I think you're right, where there isn't an, not enough respect. And I remember... It being a big thing, the logo, the classic OG black yellow font. It was awesome. That's on the book, right? Yeah. And it's just like, no, that's those things are inextricable. And it's like, I think people were a little bit more clear and, and claro, if you will, in like when before we got to this stage now, maybe this kind of wrapped with uh, the Da Vinci Code when something is like from a book, when a movie or TV show is from a book, they were very like, you definitely got to read this book. Yeah. And I think he comes up a lot in that regard of, you should read this. 
And I do highly recommend Jurassic Park, the book. John Hammond comes off a little bit darker, which I think is typical of the like the (laughs) dark Hammond. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I think that's typical in the book to movie translations. They usually have a lighter touch in the movie. Yeah, because you can't scare our kids. Going back to the billion dollars, it's like exactly. You can't be like creepy. Like, look, come here, you. (laughs) You like scales. Not the not creepy Hammond. I can't deal with that. I can't. He kills someone with the amber with the just right. Just, well, that walking stick is tight. That I thing mean, is really nice. Human trials is next. I'm making my granddaughter into a dinosaur. That has always been one of the trickiest parts of the movie, but we'll get to it. It's sort of like you brought your grandkids to this island. Like you piece of chit. You got to say it like you're, you're Spanish. What piece of chit? Is that how Gennaro would say it? Yes. Is he supposed to be Spanish or Italian? It's Gabu- ba- I think he's Gabagool. Is that what it is? Okay. I didn't. I I did not sign off on that. By the way, I. That's how I describe them. That's not what I said. Just that so fictional audience, character. Just so the audience knows. The fictional character. I said Italian or Spanish heritage is what I said. Okay, Mediterranean. Is that better? Okay. All right. Because uh, he could be Greek. He could be. Uh, so here's some trivia. The, the, this movie and book generated so much interest in dinosaurs that a study of paleontology has had a record increase in students. So going to your thing, put some respect on his name. Wow. It's like, yeah, we're going to do Crichton 101. Well, I wonder, do we have a similar comparison? of Was there a rise in archaeology after Indiana Jones? Absolutely. Yeah, probably. You know, it's a rise in hat purchases of snake murder. D- <laughs> hats continue in this movie. There's a lot of hats in Jurassic Park. And in the last, in Jurassic World as well. Right. Because that literally is just on the, it's just like right down the nose. Just hats return. According to behind the scene, the behind the scenes book, Making of Jurassic Park, an adventure 65 million years in the making, the infamous roar of the Tyrannosaurus was made of a mixture of multiple animals. Can you name any animal that made up a part of this uh, roar? Oh, man. It's several. <sighs> okay. I'm thinking of the roar. One was outside. <laughs> I'm li- right. I'm listening to children outside. Um, what roars? Is there like a bird screech? Okay, there is a bird in it, but they, I don't know what sounds they make. I'm just going to tell you because this is a weird sound. All right. So as I'm looking at our recording tracks, right, the animals, you know, they was just like looped over each other. So th- it's a mixture of a dog, penguin. Tiger snarl, alligator gurgle, and baby elephant squeal. I so, have never heard a baby elephant squeal. Um, the very deep alligator vocals act as the low frequency element of the final roar. However, Gary Rinstrom stresses that the key part of the sound is the high frequency elements, uh, elements such as the baby elephant. Uh, Riotum describes a uh, low during recording session that the uh, baby elephant only did the iconic, cute, high pitched scream part of it. Interesting. That is some weird mixing to make that. Well, you know, we talked about that. We were fortunate enough to see the latest installment Jurassic in the <laughs> exactly in a theater that had some really good sound. So, like a couple of times, like we were looking over our shoulder, like, "Oh shit, what was that? Did you hear water? Is there water in here?" But we, after the movie, were talking about it. Like, there's like three or four sounds now mm-hmm. that you associate like with these films. It's definitely the T Rex roar, which is terrifying, and kind of like. The Velociraptor, like, clicking. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, what were the, what were the other ones that we said? The spitters kind of like... <laughs> oh, God, yeah, fan face. It's like, nah, you gotta... He's not great. <laughs> Dilapidated source. <laughs> Get him out of here, I hate him. 
the one that like blinds you. I'm a spitter, not a quitter. Not you good. are a villain. It's not good. You're a bitch in every movie. He's really terrible. <laughs> and is there one other one? Because I mean, that bitch has bird in the last one. I think that there has been an underuse of pterodactyl. And that, that thing is not even a turret. I don't know what that thing is. Yeah, you're right. Like I don't feathered, know what that is. Feathered oh, bullshit. that's right. Yeah, that thing that was like a weird phoenix or something. Didn't like it. It looked mythological. I think that's where we were headed. Okay. It's like, you know, how... It's like when you get to six movies in a franchise, it just turns into Fast Five. Or it just turns into Batman Beyond. Yeah. You know, everything turns into Batman Beyond for me. What's that, what's that episode, Chimera? Where it's yeah. like they're doing splicing in high school? <laughs> I want it to be like... <laughs> Dino Six, and it's just like them riding dinosaurs. Oh my god! We'll, we'll we will talk about that off mic because we got to stay focused. We got to stay focused. Okay. Uh, the T Rex occasionally malfunctions, so this is a practical effect uh, due to rain. So producer Kathleen Kennedy uh, recalled the T Rex wanted to the heebie-jeebies sometimes. Uh, scaring the crap out of us. We'd be like eating lunch and then suddenly the T-Rex would just come alive. Uh, at first, we didn't know what was happening. Then we realized it was due to the rain. You would start hearing people scream. The crew actually had safety meetings about the T-Rex. It weighed at 12,000 pounds and was extremely powerful. And they used flashing lights to announce when uh, it was about to come on to alert the crew because you stood next to it and the head would just spin. like It's like a bus going by. So you could actually be murdered by it. Yes. Okay. That's, I never thought of that, but that's, that's a very important point. Because, like, that, that scene, the famous scene in, when it's raining, like they said, it malfunctioned ah. in the rain. That was not acting. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I mean, that is an amazing set piece also. <laughs> My fake children's! What? Right? Now, this goes to your thing. Michael Crichton intended John Hammond to be a dark Walt Disney. Yeah, because isn't... Like, I think also in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I mean, I know a lot of people were baffled by Johnny Depp's take on that, on the Willy Wonka character. Mm -hmm. But similarly, I think that's kind of what he was going for, like the dark side of a kind of a beloved character. Yeah, because I mean, he's he's dressed like, because one could take this angle, Mm -hmm. the colonizing of Ibla Nubila or whatever the island's name is. (laughs) Isla Nubila, I think that's the name. Isla, yeah. Yeah, I think it's right. Issa Nublar. Issa Rae. He says, off of Costa Rica, is like, what he says. Mm, I don't know if that's true. I feel like this was colonized. I feel like you bought an island. I feel like you tested this. He wears he wears colonizer fits, that's for sure. Because uh, he has on, like, the Pablo Escobar button down and, like, a walking stick. And You talking about the same fit that I wear? I mean, you have been known to go out for dinner in that. It's very it's very smashing, you know? Which is, just, So, Michael, uh, Universal Pictures paid Michael Crichton... Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm going to frame it this way, because we know money a little bit. What did they pay him for the rights of this movie before it was even published? They paid him, like, sight unseen. It's like, look, we like the mo- we like the book. We're going to make a movie. Universal's like, yo, we got a check for you, Big and Mike. Mike Daddy. Mike Wright. I don't know. How much was it for? Two million. Sight unseen. They gave him two million dollars sight unseen. Well, he needed it because he, he was married five times. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I like this dog research. <laughs> Go buy some more wives. <laughs> They hatched! Betty <laughs> <laughs> Wong is there just like, they're all female. Are you sure? <laughs> like, I don't think they are. I think you, mar- you married a mosquito. That's what you did, sir. <laughs> uh, 
when when Crichton was asked why the novel would, um, has Jurassic in the title and has dinosaurs from the Cre- Cretaceous period uh, on the cover, he replied, "It never occurred to him and admitted it was just the best looking for the design." It's like, look, that just looks cool. Well, that's the part of him that under that's the entertainment slash the Walt Disney that's just like, but Jurassic Park sounds a lot cooler than. You know, Cretaceous, you know, Cretaceous Yard. Cretaceous Carnival. Nobody wants to hear that. No, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's not like they did a sequel and said the sequel is going to be the Cret- Cret- Cretaceous period. It's like, look, I no. didn't want to get cavemen. Well, plus, like, actually, when you do something like that, that's a quote unquote mistake, mm-hmm. it turns out to be great because, like, all the nine year olds in the world who are, you know, straightening their glasses being like, well, actually, yeah. you know, like, that's what they like doing. So, yeah, giving you something to work on. Go even, off. Even your hate. <laughs> you, your hate fuels me. <laughs> right. Your hate fuels my paychecks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg was in the very, very early stages of pre production for the movie ER. They were doing a movie initially, which is based on my Crichton book, as you touched on. Uh, when he heard a Jurassic Park, when he heard about the Jurassic Park book, he subsequently dumped what he was doing in making that movie, and afterwards returned to ER to help develop it into a hit TV series a year after Jurassic Park was done. I didn't know that. So he's going to do a movie, huh? George Clooney, you need to keep in mind, bro. You could have been <laughs> dinosaurs are responsible for your career. Isn't that a weird thought? I mean, you, you don't get sequels. With ER, it's just like we're one and done. Like think of hospital movies. You know, hospital feels like TV show. That's true. Yeah, right. Because it's like they were also really developing that kind of, I guess, what came to be like certain sects of Law and Order. Because I know not all Law and Orders are like this. Some Law and Orders that they don't care about the cops' personal lives at all. Yeah. But it was that kind of like longer storyline of like the characters' lives, and then the week to week, like who came in the ER at the same time. Yeah, and it just that that week to week sort of narrative works better um, for it. I, I think if it was a movie, the focus would shift. And I've not read the book, the ER book, or have you, but it would have to shift on one person because you. How do you do it as a movie? Well, that's true, and also like it was based on his on um, Michael Crichton's experiences in medical school. He went to Harvard Medical School and decided to pursue writing instead of medicine. So the main character, John Carter, is basically like the audience avatar and for him is like his avatar so you don't get that so much in a movie but i think you much more you get that over a period of time yeah yeah absolutely uh michael Crichton estimated that screenplay is about 10 to 20 percent of the novel's content for jurassic uh, park Hmm, okay Uh, michael Crichton wrote the novel because of his concern with the rise of scientism and the exploration of biogenics for the sake of profit which definitely rings true Throughout the series, throughout the what six movies? Is it six movies? I think it's six. Yeah. And what's I think one of the things that is unique, and this is probably one of the reasons why Steven Spielberg was interested in it and comparing it with Jaws, is that like Jurassic Park really forces us to take our medicine right away. Mm-hmm. They don't give us the dinosaurs. They don't give us like a huge, you know, that huge T Rex set piece. The first things that they really do. I mean, they have the opening with like the, the, the workers on the Island, but like the first thing that they really open with is like an insurance person. Yeah. It's like, he's, they're talking about lawyers they are talking about stockholders. And you can tell when Hammond shows up at the archeological dig and he kind of, you know, 
romances them with the, you know, I don't know, I'll fund your dig for two or three more years. Yeah. Like, immediately, if you came to this movie thinking this was going to be, like, a romantic science movie, it's not. Like, they really come out right away with, like, this stuff costs money, somebody pays for it, and what are they getting in exchange? So when he rolled up on it, um, Ian Malcolm, he said, I'll fund your dick for two or three more years. Cause... I, you know, I was kind of sorry that we don't get that exchange. <laughs> Him just on a chalkboard. Yeah, so this math, right? Because mathematician. Because you know how he, like, feels his knee in the helicopter? Yes. And then Hammond is like, I really wish you wouldn't do that. Like, he's so mad about it. And I don't know if, like, that was improvised yeah. because it felt kind of off the cuff. But yeah, I kind of want to see what it was like when he had to go talk him into coming to the island. The How'd that go? Process, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, guests encounter the sick triceratops um, and without a clear explanation of why the animal is sick. Uh, Crichton's original novel and screenplay, however, include an explanation. The Stegiosaurus triceratops lacking suitable teeth for grinding food. So like birds, they swallow rocks to use them as a gizzard, as gizzard stones, ill, gross. And the digestive tract, these rocks would grind the food to aid in digestion. After six weeks, the rock would become smooth and um, to, would become so too smooth to be useful and the animal would just regurgitate them. Gross. That is helpful. I didn't remember that. It's been a while since I read the book because I actually did notice that, that they went through this whole thing and they're looking in poop and in the dinosaur's mouth and you never find out like what the problem was. Just like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're not going to go back to that. So you know how much I like flies. You hate them. Triceratop dung around 52 minutes. Uh, <laughs> they have it in brackets. Uh, didn't smell at all. In fact, it was made out of clay, mud, and straw in a drizzled honey and papaya, so the flies would be attracted to it. Very smart. And I'm sure that that helped Laura Dern when she has on those gloves, like digging into a huge mound of it. I'm sure that helped that it actually didn't smell like that. That's a lot of shit. Ugh. Steven Spielberg received $250 million from the movie's gross and profit participations. Um, grossed, the movie grossed over $402 million in the U.S. and just over $1 billion worldwide. Uh, Steven Spielberg you know, made that the largest sum of um, any individual has ever made for a movie, at least probably at that time. I think, I think with profit participations, it gets a little murky because Tom Cruise makes bank. He's like, I need 12% of each movie that comes out, so eat a dick. I'm going to that. <laughs> so when you're talking profit, like, was he making money off, like, the lunchboxes, too, and, like, Disney pajamas or Probably. whatever? Yeah. Like, back in action. It's like, yeah, I'll take five, but I'm going to eat that rest, though. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. It's an incredible sum of money. It's almost like when you talk to a lawyer, I need, like, a retainer to get me, you know, keep me in place. And then whatever else that comes in, I get a percentage of that. We're in the wrong business. Uh, you know it. Uh, Pre-production lasted for 25 months. It's a long time. So for fucking two years. It's almost like they have to do the park, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, we made the planes that flew there. Well, that was a helicopter. We made those as well, no expensive spare. I don't think you needed to do that. I used the money that I received to make it. <laughs> <laughs> He's driving around in the Jurassic Park van, just counting his money, Scrooge McDuck style. Just driving through gold coins. In this movie, uh, Steven Spielberg directs the man who beats him for best director, I mean, best Oscar in 1983. Richard Wait, Attenborough. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, for who did well, which movie in 1982? Which movie did Richard Attenborough do? Who would won Best Direct? He beat him out for E.T., by the way. Oh, my God. Ben for... Kingsley. Don't. Wait, wait, wait. It's there. Wait, uh, Gandhi? Yes. Okay. He's like, yeah, I direct my competition. <laughs> 
So you ain't directing it. <laughs> I wish dick. you I wish you Cole could see the face that Robert's making right now. And then he calls him dick all the time. He's like, it's Richard, it's, dick. It's very aggressive. <laughs> like Richie. Like <laughs> first Sammy, now Richie. <laughs> Just Spielberg being disrespectful on set. That's right. I'm gonna make sure that I demoralize you. Uh, well, shortly after Nedry makes his first appearance in the control room around uh, 43 minutes, during an argument with Hammond, one can clearly see uh, Jaws playing on a small window in one of Nedry's computers. I think that Nedry's desk <laughs> is one of, that is an early, because you know, it's like now with like, for instance, people Easter talk ends. about, yeah, like Westworld, like there are people who watch Westworld and freeze every single tablet and every single computer screen, like see what's on it. Nedry's desk has so much going on. I feel like there could be, and maybe this is a missed thing, I feel like there could be a good version of the game and that could be a side mission of what's on Nedry's desk. It definitely could be. And I have another question. Is Nedry like an early... Okay. Shitlord. Definitely he's that. But you know how... I think I've told you how watching vintage cartoons, I was always confused by when Bugs Bunny would play like a Southern character. And I would be like, what is this? Like, I don't know. I This whole like... um, stereotype about like you know hicks and like hillbillies and i was like i don't this doesn't resemble real people to me so like is nedry like an early like incel nerd gamer stereotype in a movie of of something that's stuck of being like this is what technology people look like sound like act like they're not good with people they're slobs you know, they're corrupt. You know what I mean? I think the corrupt part is usually left out. Okay. I, I think he's a little outside of it. I think most of that, with the exception of the corrupt piece, because mm-hmm. they feel that, because he's motivated by money. Yes, because he, he talks about money the whole time, which is interesting because Hammond is so annoyed with him. Like, he's one of the few people that, maybe the only person that he actually gets mad at mm-hmm. in the movie. And, like, well, he says he doesn't like Malcolm, but I think he really likes him. Anyway, he admires his intellect. But it's, like, he really gets mad at him and is, like, you know, I'm not going to be drawn into this financial discussion. So it's, like, he shames him, Mm -hmm. British against American, for, you know, for caring about money so much. But it's, like, isn't this whole enterprise about money? And the notion of you spared no expense, but obviously you're not paying. Because that's what led to the downfall. Yes. I need more bread and us both working in data, which this nigga shut down everything with a sequel script. He's like, uh, execute, F5, <laughs> he stupids. He literally did. I mean, is the antithesis of when Harrison Ford saved the world with an iPod in that movie? It's like, this is, he just shut down the entire thing, opened safety gates, <laughs> exposed them to Dinosaur scientific <laughs> espionage. Yeah. And corporate espionage with one script that he left running while he went to the vending machines. And he had the time to put, like, uh, was it a picture of him laughing whenever he put the wrong code in? Yes. When Sam Jackson goes to his computer and types in typity type type with while he's smoking a cigarette, of course. Yeah, why not? And then it's like, ha, uh, uh, you didn't say the secret word. And he's like, I hate this heck of crap. Probably the only time that Sam Jackson's ever said crap in a movie. This motherfucker here got us stuck. <laughs> I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Nedry or whatever his first yeah. name. What is his name? Without Fat Nedry. He, that's not what he says. That is what he says. He doesn't say Fat Nedry. And he removed popcorn. Then another that happened. Uh, 
Wayne Knight felt that Nedry deserved to die, but it bothered him that it happened off camera um, and wasn't as gory as it was in the novel. He was decapitated in the novel. Yes, and I think they they find him. I think it, oh. they're just like, oh yeah, well they got him. The, Fuck him. The compies got him. Like the little moving on. <laughs> yeah, right. It's pretty bad. Sam Jackson was supposed to fly to Hawaii. Um, to film Arnold's death scene, uh, but a hurricane destroyed the set and the uh, scene was later scrapped. He regrets this because he was physically chased uh, by, uh, I guess it was uh, raptors, and um, then killed, and he really wanted to do it. He's like, I wanted to be chased. I had a shark eat me later. I wanted to have dinosaurs. (laughs) You started it. Fucking hell. <laughs> you started it. Spielberg changed the climax a few weeks before the end of the shoot. Uh, he felt that the audience would hate um, him if the T-Rex didn't make one final heroic appearance. Uh, since he considered the T-Rex the star of the movie, it is. Uh, hence the raptors and T-Rex fight. The original climax involved the raptors ki- um, being killed by one of the T-Rex and um, uh, by a T-Rex skeleton. Rather, in the visitor center, the new climax was completely computer um, computer animated. Unlike the first T Rex attack, uh, first they enacted and then they add the uh, effects. It is the last um, scene that is filmed. Well, that was the right decision because yes. that is iconic. When it's like the banner, when he, when they, the terrifying scream, and then the you know dinosaurs that rule the world or whatever yeah. banner falls. It's great. Jurassic Nas. It's crazy how good you are at puns. But we're gonna return for it one second to okay. the T Rex and start the movie. Uh, so this was an off camera, off mic discussion that Robert and I had and there's also articles you can find about it too. If you just like Google like T Rex is the real hero of Jurassic Park series. So because it's interesting because, like, even though the first big, huge, scary set piece, it's not the first dinosaur we see, but the big, huge, scary set piece is the T-Rex, the only person it kills is somebody that we don't like. <laughs> we don't like Gennaro. He yeah, we, sucks. Yeah, fuck him. He, and he, he dies likes in the kids. He dies in a toilet. In the toilet, which is never a good thing. Yeah, not in New York. Wow. He, um, <laughs> he left the kids. Yeah, fuck him. And he makes fun of poor people. Like, he's just not great. He's very guard dinosaur. He's like, look, I'm going to protect these kids, you know, these children, my babies. So when he eats him, we're not, when she eats him, we're not concerned. When they. When they, they, okay. When they eat him, we don't care. Because I feel like the dinosaurs are non-binary. Well. I'm not trying to be shitty, but I feel like that could be a case. Life finds a way. Yes. This is what Ian teaches us. Because so, we, we would later learn, like, okay, we did this, we did that. It's like, all right, these None are of that stuff works. Y'all did something. Right. You don't and, know what you're doing. And we later just throw all of that out, like, fuck it. This is what's happening now. B.D. Wong just becomes more and more evil and enigmatic as the series goes on. <laughs> you're just like, I don't know what's going on here. I am running Evil Corp, and now <laughs> I'm running Jurassic Park. <laughs> Literally. This nigga out of here. <laughs> His hair has gotten progressively worse. By worse, you mean thinner? But that wig was thick. Well, the wig was thick. Oh, yeah. His hair? Thin. Gone. Useless. <laughs> he's knotted out. He's gone. He's... <laughs> his IMDb he's onion skin. is very interesting. He's had a very interesting career. Yeah, because he was on Oz um, and stuff. He's a Nora from Queens. I think he's an M. Butterfly. Is he not? That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. According to Fandango... 
do the fundango. Uh, it would cost approximately 20, over 23, is that, is that, that's trillion to make, hold on, when does it have nine zeros? That's trillion, right? Why are you asking me these things? No, that's billion. 23 billion to build a real life Jurassic Park in 2015 dollars. Um, 1.5 billion, the cost of the park itself, 10 billion to purchase an island. <laughs> I bought an island. And that's Isla Nublar, yeah. Um, and he had a composite that's a similar size. 8 million for re- for a research and legal team, 9 million for harvesting dinosaur DNA, 8.5 um, overhead to clone di- dinosaurs from said DNA, 11 billion a year, approximately 32 billion a day of employee payroll and operating budget, 200 million a year for dinosaur food, um, in total, the estimated yearly operating expenses at Jurassic Park would end up being approximately 11.9 bill. I love, I love that. I love this summation. I love this. I love accounting 101. I think that this should be like a segment of yours every time now. Also, when you think about it now, it makes it seem like maybe Nedry was right because this is where people always cut costs is in IT. We know that. Yes. And so you know how much money this place is making? I did the books. Exactly. He's like, do you know anybody else who can debug nine machines and do all this other stuff he's talking about? So, which I'm sure sounded very fancy then. Yeah, so he probably was being underpaid. No, absolutely. Know? Because he, he, how do you have one tech person and this whole park? It's ridiculous. Like, you can't do that. That's where you skimp things at. And that that is the downfall, the biggest thing. It's like, I know tech. You do not. But meanwhile, like, he's spending tons of money on these, like, custom Jeeps and stuff like that. Branding. One of the things that I, in re-watching it, only becomes more and more clear each time is I really enjoy the behind-the-scenes scenes, like the behind-the-Disney magic scenes where it's like they're in the control room and it's like Nedry and Hammond arguing and Game Warden and um, Sam Jackson's character, Arnold. Mm-hmm. I really like those scenes because Arnold is basically just trying to be honest yeah. and is being like, look... When he says something like, we have all the problems of a major theme park and a zoo in one place. And especially with Westworld still being on television, which we watch, we are fans. Mm -hmm. And that idea of always wanting to create this experience for the super rich. Because from the numbers that you just gave us, who else could afford to go there? And it's Dennis Nedry, by the way, for context. It's Dennis, right. Uh, Yes. It's Dennis! Of course it's Dennis. Uh, Yes. Everything that you just said, it's not... For us, it's not a place that, one, what's the flight to get there? Is that included? Because that flight looked dicey. It looks sus. It's like, look, uh, how many seats in here? What's the weight capacity of this? They like, I know Nedry takes it, but oh my God. but I'm bigger than him, right? Well, he, <laughs> I'm, and it's not. You might, you might take a boat over. I was about to say, because he was trying to get the ferry when he knocks over the Move, sign. <laughs> When he gives the sign a spin after he breaks it. Fuck it. (laughs) So good. James Cameron uh, said in an interview that he wanted to do the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Grant, Bill Paxton as Malcolm, and Charlton Heston as Hammond. Uh, Jim Curry was considered for the role of Ian Malcolm. Anna Chalumsky and Christina Ricci was, uh, they both auditioned for the role of Lex Murphy. Um, William Hurt was offered a role of Dr. Grant, but turned it down without reading the book or script. Michael Keaton. Sorry, William Hurt. (laughs) Now, this one is interesting. Okay. Michael Keaton, Bruce Campbell, Johnny Depp, Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, and Michael J. Fox all tested for the role of Malcolm. And lastly, Dennis Quaid, Kevin Costner, Mel Gibson, and Robin Williams were considered for the role of Alan Grant. 
read the Alan Grant ones again? Dennis Quaid. Uh-huh. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. And Robin Williams is the outlier there. So, but Robin- him with kids. Robin Williams made different versions of this movie later on in his life, Jumanji definitely being one of them. Jumanji works. Those other people, I can see why. Like, I definitely see the different angles. Dennis Quaid's probably the closest in my mind of somebody who has the ability to... He can move whichever way you need him to. Mm -hmm. Like, he can move more in the camera, and Mm -hmm. he can be more faded to the background when he needs to. Because, like... um, I don't know that Kevin Costner is, like, capable of that. It's like, <sighs> this is a Costner vehicle. It's like, this is a dinosaur movie. Can we get can we get dinosaurs on horses or something? Like, what? Horse dinosaur. So, I, I always like to look at, whenever there is a questionable, like, mm, casting situation, I like to look at what were they doing around this time. All right, let's hear it. Uh, Dennis Quaid in 1993 did a movie called Wider Napalm, Undercover Blues, where he played Jeff Furson, Jeff Blue. And uh, da, 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 Flesh and Bone. I know Flesh and Bone. Don't care about it. Um, let's see. Mel Gibson. I feel like he was doing a man without a face around this time. Is that is that the Gibson phase we were in? I think that's the Gibson phase we were in. Okay. You know, he wasn't being anti-Semitic or anything along those lines at that oh, point. Oh, boy. I mean, was is that not what he was doing? I am not saying anything. Here's the thing about the niggas. It's like, ex- excuse me. <laughs> Please. Sir. <laughs> yeah, also. It's like, you should not have said save. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What was he doing in 1993? <clears throat> so 1993, boom, man without a face. Uh, wow. 19, 1992 was Lethal Weapon 3 and Forever Young, and 94 was Maverick. This is two years hmm. before Braveheart. He is not... There's something about Sam Neill that says, I believe that you survived outdoors. You know what I mean? Like, there's not everybody can pull that off. Wow. I believe that you survived outdoors while there are enormous predators in, like, a rainforest. And you were taking care of kids. Like, that's not an easy one to pull off. One of those two things didn't happen, and I feel like the kids were like, eh, I think I'm all set. (laughs) You mean that's what Mel Gibson would be doing? Uh, It's like, look, you you can... (laughs) fell out of a tree. Go ahead and die. So, in 1993... Oh, get, so this, so if Costner was in this, guess what he was coming off of in, in 92, which would, he would have been filming this. So in 92, this movie came out, but he also would have probably been filming the rest of the part. It's a music movie. A music? What movie is that? Bodyguard. Oh, the, wow, God, how could I not think of that? Okay, The Bodyguard is like a strange masterpiece. It's a movie that shouldn't work, but does. So he was Frank Farmer in it. Boo! That's bad not name. a good name. So that's what it. It's like the thing I was saying about, um, like when you were talking about Elvis. Like, why is, like, why is Tom Tom Hanks in this? It's like, eh, I think we can push this. I think Spielberg is the hook. It's not about the actors, really. Do you, can you, do you see Bradley Cooper in this movie, or is he too handsome? Are you trying? Are you trolling me right I'm now? I'm not trolling you. I'm not doing contrarian spin against him. I'm not. So Bradley Cooper would have been 18. Are you talking about Bradley Cooper now? Yeah. Okay. Um, A little weathered. Sam Neill wasn't super young. No, he wasn't. Um, not, in, not in the Alan Grant role, no. Not in Alan I, Grant? I don't, think, I don't think in that role. I don't know really who fits in that role. I think... I, I could see Russell Crowe in that role. Russell Crowe? Because Russell Crowe feels like it's a dude that lives on a farm. It's like, you get dirty. Hmm. And he... Because he is a dude that lives on a farm, I think... You need to have an outback guy. I think that role, even though he's not playing 
um, Aussie or uh, New Zealander or what have you. I feel like you kind of need that there. If you're doing the coming out of retirement version of this character, I could see that. Because Russell yeah. Crowe has, <clears throat> he has that air about him. About yeah. like, I don't want to be here, but I'm the only person who can do this. And, I, and also, I can't see Bradley Cooper saying, I'm an archaeologist. You were in a bad band. <laughs> <laughs> you like that dig, right? <laughs> I, listen, you were I was hanging from a garage. That I was not in a campaign against him. I'm just... I'm trying to think of like um, ensemble wise, like who could be. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's cool. I, I think the other move is because when I think of like paleontology, I know they're not the same thing, but I think of archaeology, and it's like who else could you see in one of these Indiana Jones? Right. Things? That's true. Who could be Indiana Jones too? And with the people involved, is Sam Neill? Because I think he, I think he's New Zealander. Is he uh, uh, New Zealand her support? Well, I think so. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, I'm a huge Deadcom fan. Those of you out there who have not seen Deadcom, which is Sam Neill's breakout role, it's a, basically a three-person movie. It's him, Nicole Kidman, and Billy Zane. Really great movie. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's who. I think that's who he is. So yeah, I, I think that's. I, I don't really have much for recasting, actually. Um, and I like that you brought up. Indiana Jones, because I think that that is a franchise that has a hard time surviving. Kind of because what you brought up earlier, like, is a little bit of a colonizer vibe when it's like, yes. archaeology, isn't that just stealing stuff from other countries that doesn't belong to you? And then they keep playing this 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 game where, which I think, even though people have some feelings about some of the Jurassic Park movies, like, three of the movies are probably good. And it's not three from the first three or three from the second three. You mean it's a mix? It's a hodgepodge, yes. Oh, I like that. I, I think um, Indiana Jones made the mistake of... Because we've got them churned out, right? So if we look at the Jurassic World movies, I believe all of them come out within the last six to eight years. Mm-hmm. So okay, we're talking right. about the, the uh, Prattverse, if you will. Oh, boy. That's not. Uh, and I think with the Indiana Jones movies... They did three, and then they put out another one. They tried to hand it off, and it's like, yeah, Shia LaBeouf, you're going to be Indiana Jones now. I That was a weird decision. And it didn't work, right? And then they're echoing, like, we're going to do a fifth movie. And I was like, this is, like, ten years removed from the last one. If you're going to do them, do them, like, back to within three years. Because... I don't need to see DH CGI Harrison Ford. You know that's going to happen. What do you? I never. I do know how to feel about deaging. What do you think about? Um, what do you think about Dennis Quaid's little baby from the boys? Is he in this movie? In this uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park movie? or any yeah. Jurassic Park movie? Say that we're going to do something. We can't give up this franchise. It tastes too good. It makes too much money. Chris yeah. Pratt is going to be making movies about I don't know being American or whatever. So, <laughs> Guardians of America, right? You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure what direction he's going to go. Like, um, because you don't have, it doesn't have to be Alan Grant. You know what I'm saying? No, no like I, you have a different. I think he could. Yeah, I, I, I would like to see him get something because I think when you look at, uh, uh, I think his name is Jack Quaid. When you look at him outside of what he's known for, he's known for the boys. 
but he was good in the last Scream movie. I enjoyed him. He's the most enjoyable part of that movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, if he were to pop up, like in the last one we watched, The Last Jurassic World, if he was actually working there at the Jurassic World fucking plant, right? And if he was one of those scientists giving us a data dump, I'm like, oh, it's good to see you here. Terratech. Yeah. <laughs> we like making up fake company names. It's really funny. Consick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So I want to I want to hit one fix. Yes. Um, what works, what doesn't work, observations okay. and questions, and uh, favorite scenes. So which one do you want to start with? Let's do favorite scenes. All right. Um, what do you got? You go first, because I feel like I kind of talked a bit about mine. Um, I, I think the final final T-Rex, I agree with you with that. That is, that's the summary, that's the summer, uh, summarization of the movie. Mr. after careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. So have I. Uh, that is, when you show this is Jurassic Park in any highlight, that's the clip you show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the raptors, especially in that kitchen sequence, when yeah, they're chasing the kids, that's really good. really good. Actually, each, even the, the chase with the T-Rex is good. Mm-hmm. That, even though, because it probably goes actually real, um, the flight to Jurassic Park, when we intro and we first go there and we see the island and all of that, and the theme da, kicks da, da, in. Da, da, when it just... He suffers from a deplorable excess of personality, especially for a mathematician. Chaotician. Chaotician, actually. John doesn't subscribe to chaos, particularly what it has to say about his little science project. Oh, swallow Ian. You've never been able to sufficiently explain your concern. Oh, John, don't, don't, don't. Because of the behavior of the system in phase space? A load, if I may say so, of fashionable number crunching. That's what I'm doing. Um... And the the spitter scene. That's always... I feel like black people will do splits when that scene happens. Yeah, Nedry, fuck you. <laughs> we do like to see people get their comeuppance. We really do. Oh, nice boy. Oh, nice boy. Nice, Travis. Oh, thought you were one of your big brothers. You're not so bad. You're not so bad. What do you want? What do you want? You want food? Look at me. I just fell down a hill. I'm soaking wet. I don't have any food. I have no food on me. I have nothing on me. Go on. And the fact for shit spoilers that the can pops back up. The can does pop back up. I was so excited. I was like, oh my god, this is the company that he was selling out ham and secrets for. <laughs> <Dish> tech. <laughs> Bio bitches. <laughs> Dino core. <laughs> right. They have all these fucking like sad ass monster dinosaurs in the basement. Get down there, shoot you. <laughs> God, right? Raccoon nigga. Then it becomes, right? It's like this is trying to get to Planet of the Apes where it's like, I'm going to start rooting for them to just eat all of you. Yeah, you like guys slowly? Suck. Because like, yeah. you, you saw, um, what's the, what's the movie? Uh, Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Remember when, when the, the merman thing was eating the guy slowly? He's like, oh. And then he like, his blowhole held the blood fly out of because he was eating the dude. That's why I see <laughs> those monster, like those monster dinosaurs eating people. <laughs> it's not going to hurt, but it is going to be you being consumed. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good at all. So what scenes did you have in mind? So I did mention the first scene, the first time you get to see Hammond with his showman guard down. Mm-hmm. And he's really starting to get antsy because Game Warden tells him that a storm is coming. And so everybody needs to come back. 
And every day that they delay on the project is money that he's losing, his shareholders are losing confidence, his investors are losing confidence. So the it's shareholders like, always, right? Exactly. And so then he kind of like is kind of looking off into space and he's like, damn! You know, and it's like, it's the first time that you see him like unhinged a little bit. Fuck, and I really like that. Um, other favorite scenes. I mean, you can't beat the first time you see the T Rex. Like, really see it, mm-hmm. and then it's just like on her face, and you can see like her eye by the side of the car. Yeah. Um, the kids acting is great in that scene, by the way. And I don't like the kids in this movie because you know kid actors. But I mean, you really—they are scared, and you really believe them. Like they definitely think that they're about to be murdered right now. Because that that glass wasn't meant to break. I don't think. Um, it wasn't. And I also one of the things I like about that scene is really just um the the kind of silent terror between um Ian and um Grant. Mm-hmm. When they're in the other car, they know that they have to do something, but also Grant knows that they can't make a lot of movements, mm-hmm. and they're both doing the calculations on their own of just like, we're not just going to sit here and watch these two kids die, yeah. but we also have no idea what to do. This is about fathers. It's about fathers. Because I, I feel like, to your point, I think with like Ian, he's like, now if I can do the math of me running, mm-hmm. and then meanwhile, Alan's like, dinosaurs don't need to see movement. <laughs> He says just like that. I don't. Is Ice T in this movie? <laughs> we Jump Street. Look, <laughs> we gonna get a big ass right in the crack. Stop it. But yeah, so it's like you know, Grant gets out and you know he's trying to distract, and then you know Ian grabs a flare. You see like this like burst of bravery happen like between the two of them. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Other favorite scenes. Which sneakers were hand- was Malcolm wear when he was booking it? He's like, fuck, 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 fuck. I do like, I do really enjoy his, um, and I think about this scene all the time when they are, you know, oh, Wigenero is just like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll have a coupon day for like the poor people. And him and Hammond are kind of like, oh. Eventually. And Ian's like. Yeah, just kind of like the lack of humility before nature that's being displayed here is like astounding. And like, he's so pissed. And like, there's just something that like really gives you goosebumps about that scene when he's basically saying to them, like, you don't know what you're doing. And that tracks throughout his involvement in the series, actually. Yeah, it does. So I really like that scene. Um, and in terms of just like pure action, mm-hmm. I would say that, yeah, the chase when they're, when they find Ian and yeah. then they load him up into the Jeep and then they, yeah, have, yeah. To, they have to drive away from the T-Rex and he, they're screaming. Ah! And I think Laura Dirty was just like, shit, like what an actual person would say. Like, yeah. I, I remember as a kid watching that scene, I was like, he good. He ain't really hurt. Get up, nigga. That's what I was just, <laughs> it's like, this fucker got trampled by a T-Rex. Like, he nah, fine. And I think like the bathroom fell on him or something. Uh, it did. <laughs> I hit with a talent. <laughs> Shit. Wow. Um, so, okay. What works and what doesn't work? Okay. I'll, I can start off if you like. Yes. Um, the the, pra- the practical effects work, especially when they're blended with the CGI. It's not a mm-hmm. whole reliance on that. And I think because, it, one, it was pricey. Two, it was a lot of work to do. It made you, I need to find a way to make this real or as close to real as possible. Whereas some of the criticisms of the later movies is so reliant on CGI that it's like, nigga, this color don't work. This is off. You gotta shoot these dinosaurs at night. <laughs> do this right. Do this over. Yeah. Blue looks red, nigga. Can you figure it out? <laughs> um, the cast works, I think. Yes. I don't have any problems with the cast. 
Um, the score works. Oh my god. And lastly, the grandkids don't work. I don't like that as a thing. I, I don't fuck it. Um, and yeah, I'm grand. Uh, and you are. And I think the middle of the movie drags a little bit for me. You mean you're talking about them, the Grant and the kids, kind of like out in the park? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, that part does because I don't mind any of the parts back at the main headquarters or whatever. Like when they come back with Malcolm or none of that's. I'm fine with. All the scenes with Nedry are great, so you're right. Those that's the only part that kind of drags where you're like, Okay, you're in a tree and you get out of the tree and now this part, yeah. I was almost waiting for the bare necessities to play or something. What it made you think of Jumble Book? I was hoping I would get that, yeah, because when they're hanging in the tree, it's like, yeah, you know, it's someone to teach you little niggas. Huh? This is how if he would <laughs> or, or something, he just he just like it's a deleted scene, he just like drifts off into his normal accent. I'ma treat you little kangaroos a few things. Wow, it just turns into a children's show. Oh uh, yes. And when they're like whatever those bitch ass horse dinosaurs are, the ones that are running. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. I didn't really care about it. Gazelle any of that. whatever. Like yeah. Gazellosaurus or whatever. Gazellosaurus. Oh, you know what? I also really <laughs> like I also you reminded me of something. Um Oh, I also like when they, when Hammond is giving the scientists the tour Mm -hmm. and he's like, it's kind of like a ride. And they're like, we don't care. And like the three scientists get excited about looking at science. So they jump off and go into the lab. Mm -hmm. I really like that because I really feel that's what two two paleontologists and a mathematician would do. They're like, we want to see how this is actually happening. We don't care about this. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that. Right. Uh, Any other things that work no more? Hmm. No, I mean this. This is a pretty tightly written and you know directed, produced, acted movie. I, yeah, like I mean, definitely in terms of what works, the music, the score, John Williams, incredible. You know, like carries through the rest of the movies. You get, you know, there's something about even the beginning, like when the when the film was first coming on. There's like this foreboding kind of like I don't want to say use the word tribal, but it's like. It's not electronic mm-hmm. um, music that's kind of different than the sweeping classical music he mm-hmm. um, uses in the middle. So it definitely sets you up. I don't really have a lot about it. Does you know a lot of um, things to add to things that don't work? I do agree with you that it drags in the middle, and they probably could have cut one of the scenes with them running from gazelle dinosaurs or in the tree or when the well no it is kind of funny when he gets blasted by the power fence, but. Yeah, like, that part is pretty long compared to some of the other segments that I think move the film along better. I, I think it, we might as well just hit the one fix. Okay. Since, since we're kind of there, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I think my one fix definitely... So the movie is listed as two hours and seven minutes, and we know about five to seven minutes of that are credits, right? Right. Because you've got credits in this movie. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people to thank. Um, I think you can trim down. I think you keep it. Because you got to establish why Alan cares about the kids. True. But I think you trim that down a little bit. Also, I think you omit the whole doo-doo scene. I don't know if I need it, mostly because it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Did you say doo-doo scene? Yes. It is weird. Like, and it I... feels like it's a way to get Laura Dern out of the movie while the guys... And, and I don't like Laura Dern, um, you know, as far as, like, some of the characters she's played. But I think in this particular movie, it seems like it's an excuse... For her not to be around. You when do the guys or don't like her? I 
don't like her just for some of the movies she's she's been in. It's okay. just like I don't really care about you like Star Wars. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Um but <laughs> in terms of her being in movies, like, yo, you're like his partner, like Grant's partner, he doesn't fuck with um Malcolm. And now they're kind of teaming up and doing this and he's kind of with the kids. It's like, yo, why why is she just like gone on this duty assignment? No. <laughs> This just gets better. Is that not what she left for? I do think that it does sound like that. Yes. Um, I know what you mean about some of her parts have been kind of weird. I do like her, but mainly as a fan of the Gone Too Soon HBO series Enlightened. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. It feels transparent. It does feel like a way to just get her out of the action in a way that is not necessary. It's something to do. And I could get the whole thing of, like, there was this kind of through line about him not really liking kids because there's a whole exchange that he has with a kid earlier in the movie, which is kind of funny. So, and then you don't want to stick her with the kids because that's kind of sexist in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it is a strange, it feels... It feels off. It's she, like, I don't know why we're doing this. Especially when they didn't resolve what's wrong with the dinosaur. She's gone for a big chunk of the movie. Yeah. And I think the fix would be if you want to keep most of that. Mm-hmm. Just, can we go back there to see what she's doing? For like a second? Yes. They could have cut back. Because all of a sudden, it's like she and uh, Park Dude get back <laughs> with the Jeep magically. Mm-hmm. Not chased or eaten by anything. Yeah. And then she and Hammond are having ice cream. Because remember the thing was, you got to get them in before it's dark out. Yeah, and right. storm's coming. Well, yeah, because there were multiple things. It was like, Nedry's gone. The fence, the safety fences are deactivated. Storm is coming. Mm-hmm. And then that he hadn't debugged the, um, he hadn't debugged, oh, the locks. They yeah. shouldn't have never, well, I guess them not getting out of the car probably wouldn't have been good, but they weren't supposed to be able to get out of the car. True, true. Um, observations and questions. This is the last part we have here. All right. <sighs> I have a lot. I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> How much dinosaur knowledge came from this movie? You know, like, yeah, that's a tie. Bah, 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 bah. I feel like people quote Jurassic Park. Is any of that dinosaur knowledge in real life? They do. And I'm sure that there's a disconnect between real life and, you know, real life paleontologists, I'm sure, like, have a lot to say. I mean, I'm sure they were consulted for this movie, but also, yeah, being like, well, that's not really. Neil the Dinosaur Tyson was like, look, man. This movie is bullshit. Here's why. Oh, I know goodness. I said Neil the Dinosaur Tyson. I know that. Is that saying. Neil the Grass Tyson? But is that like the... as a dinosaur? Wow, as a <laughs> dinosaur or a paleontologist? Yes, <laughs> I hair. I don't know. I but don't he's know speaking what... for dinosaur rights, and oh, like we got to tell our own story. I did not know that's what the direction they were going. Come in. on, come on. That's really funny. Just think about observations. So I'm like, look, here's the thing. I just see Barney <laughs> with an afro wig. So this is going left. They include a Barney movie. We'll talk about that later. I don't want to. Uh, who's the Velociraptor's publicist? I feel like it got it over as the baddest, coldest motherfucker ever. I'm glad that you brought this up. <laughs> I'm irritated about this because it reminds me of an egregious Sesame Street crime that was invented, which is basically when Elmo took over as the face of Sesame Street, sure. basically just completely destroyed Grover's career. As like kind this of, is market correction. It's really annoying. And this is the same kind of thing where it's just like, who said the raptors? Who have even heard of that? As sure. like a dinosaur. It's like, everyone knows T-Rex. This is the granddaddy of them all. I don't care if there were bigger predators or more vicious ones. It's like, what? You're right. They every, had great publicists. Every movie, and I got another point on that. Every movie, Alan is, not even if he's in the movie, it's just his voice. That's the biggest carnival ever. <laughs> 
he just he, he's just working. Somebody's like in the, the other movies. They're like, did you hear that? Where is he? Is just he echoes. here? Right? <laughs> is he out of character here? <laughs> But in, in, in other, the direct, the, the, the Raptors, they got a basketball team in Toronto, won a championship. I just. Vince Carter was there. Oh boy. It's like Vince Carter and T-Mag are chasing people. No. You're right. It, it, it kind of, it's interesting. It comes out of nowhere. You're going to love this next one. Okay. I don't trust old men with vague offers. Who made a vague offer? <laughs> Fucking Hammond. I can, I can fund this for the next, just come to the island with me and just see it. It's like, what's involved here? Well, yeah, I think that they couldn't turn down the money, but that doesn't mean that scientists don't still ask a lot more questions about, like, so you say you need our opinions on this park, and we are paleontologists. What is this park about? Remember when Grant was like, you got a Tyrant, you got a T-Rex here, you got raptors here. He was like, you bred raptors? Didn't say that on the helicopter. He said that after they landed. He definitely did. I mean, he, <laughs> it was, yeah, there's, there's definitely some carny... I don't 100% trust you, Tom Hanks, from the Elvis movie vibe. You know what I mean? P.T. Mm-hmm. Barnum. I don't trust you. You're going to love this. these next two. Mm-hmm. This, I, so I need numbers from you on this next one. Uh-oh. How much was Nedry's bill at the beginning? Because that's a point of contention. We don't see the bill, right? <laughs> no, we don't. But it's really funny, though, what he, he says. so bitchly about it. First of all, <laughs> you want to talk about T-Rex. He just gets T-Rex hands where it's like, ooh, I can't reach my wallet. You guys can't see what I'm doing, but I'm, like, holding my arms like a T-Rex. <laughs> you look like a penguin right so now. So <laughs> it's like, well, penguins sound for use. So, yeah, he's not reaching for the bill. And he's, like, doing eye things. Like, he's looking at him like, you better. What did he say to him? Don't get cheap on me. <laughs> His bill was, like, $50. That's a lot. For 1993 lunch? Yes. That's a lot. On an island. It's a at a... You know, street food for stand. one person. <laughs> he didn't order anything for him. He He's didn't get like, shit for him. You have sunglasses on. <laughs> that's what that's what you ordered. That was hilarious when he was like, "Nice outfit" or "Just guy," whatever he said. Nice hat. He's just it like was such a dick. Say you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Breaking Bad when it's like one of the person who becomes like main character like first meets who will become Heisenberg, and they're like at a junkyard, and he's like, "Why?" Like. We could have met at the mall. Like, yeah, why yeah. are we here? Just because it's his idea of, yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to beat the cartel. It's like, calm down. We could have met at Ani Ann Pretzel stand. At the cartel. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. And it, it, around the 20, almost 23-minute 23 um, mark of the movie, they say, welcome to Jurassic Park. You always have to have that time stamp of when they say the name of the movie. Mm, okay. So, okay, and this is, this, is, this is a tough one. Let's not spend too much time on it. Uh-oh. Where does the first movie rank within the cinematic universe of Jurassic Park? Where does the first movie rank? Yeah, because this goes back to the thing I was teasing earlier. Of I think there are three good movies out of the six that came out. So if that is true, what is your top three? And is this, this one in your top three? This is still the best one. And I hate, I don't like saying that as someone who, when you like a franchise... I don't like to be to say like the first one is the best one because it's like okay then why did you even stick around for the rest of them? I just there's this movie just has it all to me in terms of like a beating heart. You know me, I have to have characters that I can be emotionally attached to, but then have like really intense, fantastic action. And then I think what's the one where the island is destroyed? Uh, I think that is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Is that, like, you're talking about the Pratt universe? Yes. Yes, Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Um. Because the first one is Bryce Dallas Howard running around with, with heels on the entire movie. And you're like, how are you doing this? 
I really like that movie too. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good, I think it has, I don't, there are things about it that I don't necessarily enjoy as much as I enjoy the first one, but what it does do, to your point about her running around in heels, part of all of this, the, what the art, what the audience gets out of it, is I can't wait for you to see how wrong you are. Yeah, you're yeah. wrong. You're being an asshole about this. And I can't wait until the dinosaurs come and show you what an ass you're being. And that movie really serves that up to you. I agree. And what is your, what's your, your third one? So is that your second one? Which number is Fallen Kingdom in Pratverse? That's the, that's number two. That's the one when the island's destroyed. And the, uh, the first one is when we, you know, we get him. You know, using his hand. Holding your hand up. Stop it. You're being so ridiculous. Okay, so this is the part where you already know this, so I'm going to confess this to your dear listeners now about how much I cried when the island is is destroyed and you have that, like, they're playing the music and then it's like the dinosaur that's the first dinosaur that you see in the first movie that, like, stands up on her hind legs and she's, like, abandoned. And they're, like, I, so emotional depth. (laughs) <laughs> Shut up and stop looking at me like that. I'm listening. I don't care. They're CGI. <laughs> She's real and you don't know. So anyway. Never ending story. No. <laughs> Land before time. I don't care. Right. There's little fun. It's so it's those three for me. Okay. I think that's fair. I think um I think the first one still is the best. Mm-hmm. And um I and maybe I'm off center. Maybe I don't have movie fatigue like a lot of people uh do. There are elements between the Prattverse movies that work really well. I think uh, they definitely give you that nostalgia, uh, uh, a dopamine hit in the mm-hmm. last one. Yeah. Be- but because it's really just what should have been the sequel to the first movie. Yes. Correct. So you get those elements in it and there's callbacks in it where with those second movies, they couldn't bring back the old band and it didn't work as well. So I think, what is it, maybe in... Whatever the second one, I feel like maybe all three of them had, you know, Sam Neill and, and, and Laura Dern in it. But I don't feel, I feel like they weren't in it as much or something. I feel like, I feel like Sam Neill was in the second one. Isn't that the one where it's like Tay Leone, they're looking for their son or something? I think so. That movie's weird. The third one is the one where it's almost like Predators when there's like different groups on the in the island. Don't like it. Okay. I do. There are elements of that movie that I like. One of them is not Vince Vaughn, by the way. I don't have a problem with he Vince Vaughn at all. Vince Vaughn in that movie. But it's bad. It's just bad. I can see what they were going That's for. That's Jurassic Park 3, But by they the way. missed. Um, there are elements to that movie I like. What I think that I like about this se- one of the things I like about the series as a whole, which feels real, is that we don't learn our lessons. We don't have any sense. Mm-hmm. We don't do the things that we should do. So the idea that they would just go ahead with this park is exactly what would happen. So yeah. I'll throw this out there to you. Mm-hmm. The, the second one was Jurassic was a was Lost World the Lost World Jurassic Park, and that's the one that had this father. That's and, the second one. Okay, uh, that, I think they said this father was in it. This is nineteen ninety seven. Jeff Goldblum is back, and the replacement is uh, you'll love this one, uh, Julianne Moore. Yeah, no, that movie I remember really well, and maybe be, I've seen it more than once or something like that. Yeah, it is Vince Vaughn in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not here for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got nothing for Robert's it. Robert's uh, like, I don't care that you like that stupid. No, like <laughs> he's and part of it is I don't remember it super well, mm-hmm. but I think that's by design that I didn't care. Right. Um. And Jurassic Park 3, they fucked us. Because you remember the poster, it has a pterodactyl on it. It's not prominent. 
So that's the one that has Sam Neill in it. So you can't get the band back together. So Laura Dern got fucked. Right. And she should have been... Was she still working on that dinosaur dude? Um, so WMH Macy and um, T. Leone. That's right. That yeah. yeah, they're looking for their son or something. Ah, bitch-ass son is gone. Not... Yeah, it's... Ugh. So that one cost $93 million and made three seventy. And the second one was it Spielberg as well. The second one made would cost seventy three million, made six twenty. So it's going downhill. <laughs> this is not what we ordered. Um, all right, so let's see what, what do I have left. Uh, da, 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 da. So here's some other observations. Robert Muldoon. That's the game. That's the game warden. That's the game warden. That is my guy. Muldoon. He is great. I love him. Um, By the way, the guy who's part of the other group is just the evil version of him. You know what I'm talking about? The guy that, like, he always plays that kind of character. Like, it. now I'm mixed up between two or three. But he's the one who's like, I am the most, I'm the game hunter. Oh, Like, yeah, he's yeah. a Spider-Man villain yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but he's the he's the evil version of Muldoon. I'm Craven. Yeah. Uh, Alan comes full Grant, I mean, Alan Grant comes full circle um, as a fatherhood moves. So that works. Um, <laughs> what does it work better... Could this have worked as a rated R movie versus PG-13? Well, it's, it's only two tweaks, or two or three tweaks you need to make. Let Sam Jackson write his own dialogue. And show people being decapitated. <laughs> so some, some, some the dinosaur The funny thing is, usually I, usually I vote for R if mm. I have a choice. Yeah. I don't think you need it. Like, I do, I, you know what, PG-13 I think is, is a good place for this for this movie to be. With the amount of CGI and marketing with it, you it's hard to market a movie in the 90s that's rated R to be on lunchboxes. Exactly. We, we weren't that version of shit. However, however, Terminator 2 came out in 1991, and I feel like a lot of kids want to see that. I mean, they probably did. Niggas was getting shotgunned in the face. But, you know, dinosaurs are terrifying, and I don't need to see as much as I like uh, decapitations and defenestrations. I don't need to see that if, you know, when a dinosaur just eats someone and they're like, nah, nah, and then they like, you can see the person like going down their throat. <laughs> that's, I'm good. I mean, if you saw like two dinosaurs or a person and a half, which we did see. We did see that. That was yeah. a little rough. It was kind of rough. It was. It was rough. Okay, this is the last one I got for you. All right. And I added this one while we were talking. Okay. And I'm going to leave this up to you to answer. Oh, boy. Does Dennis Nedry make more or less than Robert Muldoon? <laughs> I feel like Robert Muldoon is only there once a month. He's, he's he zooms most of the time. He comes there, puts his hat to an angle. Yeah, I'll check out back. Whereas Nedry's there working twelve hour days. Does Nedry make more or less than him? Yeah, than the game warden. Oh boy, that's a good question. <laughs> the the amount of hours is considerably different. You well, man. That is a good question because they both have very specialized skills, especially yes. at that time. If you're talking about someone debugging and writing code, then, you know, there's only like six people on the planet that can do it at that time. And one of them's not Sam Jackson. Right. No, he can't do it. So, um, and then you're talking about someone who has experience with like land predators. I don't know. What do you think? I'm going to go with Muldoon. You think Muldoon is, makes more? Which is why, like, I feel like Nedry... He, Nedry went into the pay records. That's yeah, what Yeah, he hacked that shit. Yeah. He's like, he went my He rank? saw what everyone was making. He was like, I make less than him? See... 
Arnold didn't give a shit. Jurassic Chef is making more than Nedry. <laughs> well, he was working hard, too. Do you see that spread? Yeah, but I'm saying Nedry's there every day. He got to keep everything running. I heard we're having a sea bass. Like, what? They did not get the sea bass. No, they got some. No. Chilean. It was Chilean sea bass. Yeah, um, so Had a bronzino. Arnold doesn't give a shit. No, because I don't give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> Black Sergeant. He doesn't care because he's the kind of person that he just actually really likes this job. Like he's, you know, I work with dinosaurs. He's like smoking the whole time and he's complaining about all the problems and he's got like, you know, the whatever version of Excel then, like with all the problems hey, for the day and all that haven't, I'm going to be late tonight. <laughs> hey, Lorraine, know? I can't talk right now. Yeah. Being called into a meeting about dinosaur eggs. Exactly. I think he really loves this job. Yes. And so he's just like, I don't care. But yeah, definitely Nedry hacked into the payroll records. He saw how much Muldoon was working and then all hell broke loose. And Nedry's the only person commuting. Yes. He's fat guy commuting on ferries. Whereas, <laughs> like, like Sam Jackson, like Arnold is like. I should have been there by now. Like Arnold. Lives on the island, but sleep every day? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> That's so black. You're, you live here. Why are you late? It'd be like, well, you know, the buff- they don't put the buffet out. They would leave with the buffet. The buffet didn't go out till 930. I was watching Washington football team last night. And it all along. <laughs> like, what? But you overtime. know what? It's like, Hammond doesn't care. He's, I mean, he, like I said, he the only person he really gets he's mad at he's Nedry. is Nedry. He's just like, I don't care. He doesn't care what Sam Jackson does. He's like, listen, I just just make sure he has enough cigarettes because you know he's not going out in the rain. He's like, I feel like we need a slimmer solution here, Nedry. Oh, my God. <laughs> we need a slimmer solution. And then, like, Muldoon is like, he doesn't care about anybody's attitude. Because when everybody was arguing, he told everybody, including Hammond, to shut up. When he's he was like, trying to listen to the, the weather report. This is why he's my guy. Yeah, he was like, shut up, everybody. He's like, yeah. fuck you. What's in the bush? <laughs> and when he said to him, he was like, you know, would you be good enough to take one of the gas-powered Jeeps and go bring back my grandchildren? He doesn't hesitate. He's like... Sure, yeah, I'll it. do it. Whatever, you, you, it's a bonus, right? He and I'm and in our in our pantheon yeah. of sacrificing heroes, he knew he wasn't coming back. Yeah, he knew he wasn't coming back, and 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 when he got like you know blicked off or what have you, he was kind of causing. I think in a way he was like, I need to distract these niggas. Yeah, that that's what that felt like to me because. Laura Dern's character was hurt by then. Yeah, she like white girl tripped over something, I think. She did, but to be fair, it is rainforest. The first time I saw that movie, I remember being like, whatever. But now that I've seen it so many times, You're like, All right, yeah. it's, there's a lot of stuff on the ground. No, that's true. That's true. It's vegetation that doesn't fit there. These you non- tripped over a snake. Yeah. You know, you know, snake or whatever. So, um, lastly, on a scale of five, where do you rate this movie? And we'll close out on that. Oh boy. Okay. Um, because you already said it's the best out of what, what was there, and I agree with that. It is. This is. I'm. I'm giving it a four and a half because mm. I don't give too many movies fives. I don't give a lot out a lot of fives, but I love this movie. It's one of my favorite franchises. I have seen it a million times. So four and a half for me. Yeah, probably about 4.3 for me. I don't like kids. Um, they can all die. I just want everyone to notice that he had to give under my score. So he couldn't give it 4.5. He had to give it 4.3. No, no, no. Because I, I, I had to make sure I was on brand from a comment I made earlier about the IMDb ratings and everything. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I don't want to be deemed as... So in minute 55 of your podcast, you said something hypocritical. It's like, something on dick. How about that? This is my podcast. Eat a dick. So uh, for Koo, thank you, Koo. Say, say goodbye to everyone. 
Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, you'll be back uh, very soon for another arousing edition of uh, Let's Watch It Again. So I'm Rob Lee for Koo. Uh, keep watching those movies. Girl face out. Bye-bye.